Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Amazon Book Club. This week, we're reading The Last Orchard by James Hunt. This is the harrowing tale of a country bumpkin who goes from picking apples to kicking assholes, right? Hell yeah. everybody and welcome back to our podcast uh this is the amazon book club my name's austin hannah i'm ganesh sarma hi i'm shane burklow and this week we're reading a book called the last orchard a tale of survival in a powerless world <laughs> book <laughs> oh, no. zero Ew. by james hunt uh mm. book zero so this is basically not even a book so is this like a pre prequel is it like 20 pages long? it's probably like uh, is it it's a breezy 101 pages. Oh, wow. So we're really going to get, power right we're gonna get a tight view of this book. We're going to read 20% of it. Yeah, good. That's more than we usually do. Uh, so how about you? Uh, well, I guess before you scolds me and tells me, I says, what do we do on this podcast, Austin? I guess I'll just say it. What we do on this podcast is we read free ebooks from Amazon Prime. Uh, we read the first page, the 25% mark, the 50% mark, the 75% mark, and the last page. That's five whole pages of one book. But what do we really do? What we really do is we uh, talk about other stuff that's not that important. We lose track of the plot. Ganesh gets angry at us for speaking over him. Uh, people tune out because the show is bad. Uh, we are scolded by friends and family for saying inappropriate things. And uh, that's basically the long and the short of it. Yeah, you nailed it. We like to have fun. Yeah, we're having fun. Boys having fun. Reading books. Every boy loves his book. And if there's one thing the market needs more of is three 30-year-olds saying whatever they want with no direction. So on that note, Ganesh, how about you read us the synopsis of this tome? Orchard. Is that what it is? The Last Orchard. I'm going to try to remember the this. The Last off. I'm going to try to remember this off the top of my head without looking at it. The Last Orchard, the tale of... Ooh, powerless world. No, I think you're all wrong. Oh. I think it's called Left Turn on Orchard Street. Ooh. Hot day in the city. Charlie Decker traveled to Seattle to acquire a much-needed loan for his family's orchard. Ugh. After a dozen requests, Charlie is forced to head home empty-handed. Bitch, we're not going to fund your orchard. But his plans are derailed after an unexpected attack on the city renders all electronics useless. All you grow are lines. Is that EMP attack? Yeah. No cars, no phones. Everything about the modern world has been destroyed. Well, 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 now who needs an orchard? <laughs> and that's when the chaos begins. Yeah, he's probably strutting his stuff. Oh, that's well, it? Well, I didn't have my orchard. You didn't want to find my orchard now who's gorging on apples for the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the end of the synopsis? Yeah. That was real quick. That's the end of the book. The end. That was, it was book zero. <laughs> we figured it all out. Uh, okay, seriously, though, let's. you want to jump into the first page? Do we usually I'm... take a break here? What's the structure of this podcast? We cut to a song. We cut to a song like right now. Uh, okay, and then the song ends. Boom, like that. Okay, now we're back into it. We're going to read the first page. Ganesh hit us with these sweet prose. Chapter one. The bank's interior was immaculate. From its polished white marble floors to the crystal chandeliers that hung from the ceiling, 
Every square inch of the financial institution was bathed in decadence. Mm. All of it monitored by a pair of armed guards by the revolving front doors. Take him out. It had an open layout inside with the teller situated to the left, protected by bulletproof glass, yeah, where gonna... they handled the queue of customers with draws or deposits. He's about to rob this bitch. By bitch, I mean the bank, not any of the women in there. All walks of life waited in line, all of clear. them on their phones. I respect them. Save for an elderly woman. Women tellers. Who waited patiently, both hands clutching her large burgundy purse with dollies etched across the side. With what? Smiling to herself while the man behind her argued and raised his voice on the phone. I told him 15 times that the deadline was this afternoon. Just get it done. Tim Gunn. Time to sell. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. Sell then, my shares. And then we buy. And we better buy because I'm at the bank right now. Buy, buy, buy. Tell me if I'm selling or buying. Sell. The rest of the bank's open floor was comprised of ornate wooden desks built from oak and stained a rich dark brown. Mm. This is a mighty bank. Just like me. That's Where right. the loan officers examined proposals. <laughs> He's built from oak. He's built like a tree trunk, this guy. There he comes, clodding down the street. He's plop, a, plop, plop. By checking a box on a form with a simple flick of their wrists. Very hard and rough to the touch. They had the power to bring dreams to life or kill them before they had a chance to take their first breaths. <sighs> a mixture of handshakes and tears brought the conversations to an end. Though not all the applicants walked away without pushing back. 30 years! An old man stood, shoving his chair back, his voice and the screech of the legs of his chair turning every head in the bank. That's how long I've given my business to this bank. Sir, you need to calm down. The 40-something suit behind the desk raised his palm, trying to soothe the old man like a child, then tossed a quick glare at one of the guards, and the sentry approached quickly and soundlessly. I missed two payments and only two. I already told you I can pay it back. The banker leaned over the desk. Then pay it. Ooh, this is sad. Because I can't <laughs> do it in the time yeah. you've given me. The old timer slammed his fist on the desk, causing a few pens to fall off. The Guards, take him away. Take this old crap away. My family has been on that land for five generations. What do you, you got another orchard? Come on, buddy. What right do you have to take it away? We worked that land. We're going to build another bank there. <laughs> you rat. We've helped feed the state in this country for over a century. So really, the slaves probably worked that land. They yeah, didn't. fuck this guy. The banker remained emotionless, cold. You've defaulted on your loan, and we're well within our rights to take control of your assets. It's all outlined in the details of your mortgage. Who do I root for, the capitalist banker or the man who built his wealth on the back of slavery? I think the best case scenario is they all die. Yeah. yeah. Death, death, death. But you can't. The security guard sees the old man's arm from behind. I want to just clarify. I don't wish death on anyone. Death, death, death. Surprise and shock flashed across the old timer's face. He stared up at the big brute, his pleading eyes useless against the guard's apathy. The banker stood once the guard had the old man secured, and he leaned forward and planted his knuckles on the desk. You will have the until the end of the month to pay the remaining balance of your mortgage, or your family will be escorted off the property. Oh, my God. Man. Banks are immoral. Banks really suck. Yeah. A lot of butt. Great. And with the flick of the banker's eyes, the security guard dragged the old man away from the desk. But the old man didn't go willingly. Get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape. He jerked his arm, but was unsuccessful in his escape attempt. A lot of jerking going on. And the guard yanked the old man harder toward the door. <laughs> now they're yanking. Yanking, <laughs> yanking and jerking at yeah, the bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. Come on, you mother. The security <gasps> guard froze. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think he said? 
you mother flipping rude boy. <laughs> the security guard froze and whipped his head around quickly to the stranger that had grabbed him. Charlie Decker kept a firm grip on the security guard's arm, blocking his path toward the bank's exit. You let this man stay here and complain. I'll be damned if you drag this old man out of here. The pair stood eye to eye, both just a hair above six feet tall, though the guard had the weight advantage. Yeah. yeah he's a big boy. Pork man. <laughs> a light, yeah, sure, pork boy. Pork a light, man. man. Oh, he's a big boy. A light tick at the corner of the guard's eye prompted Charlie to remove his hand. He wasn't in the mood for an altercation, especially not before he had a chance to plead his own case to the bank. All right, fair enough. Drag him out of here. This guy's ready to whip out his jujitsu. Charlie kept his voice <laughs> low, and while the bank had grown quiet... <laughs> On second thought, this old man isn't me. You can throw him out. <laughs> I have business to do at the bank. <laughs> Only the guard and the old man heard him speak. I'd like to think security here would handle folks with a little more dignity. Is this Charlie Dicker? Wow. Damn. I was not predicting that accent. I love it. The guard flared his nostrils, but then noticed the number of phones pointed in his direction, ready to make the latest viral video. The guard released Aww. the old man, but then thrust a finger in his face. It's going to be some good content. Yes, I can't rough him up. You walk out of here without a word. Understand? The old man grimaced, but he nodded. The weathered lines from all the years of manual labor etched along his face like worn wheelbarrow paths. Oh, boy. He turned to Charlie. Thank you. Charlie nodded. Fuck off, old man. You still got until the end of the month. I'm sure you've done more with less. The old man cracked a smile, exposing a missing tooth on the left side of his mouth. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a real Charlie and Grandpa Joe moment. It is. Wow, but actually, for real, Charlie, yeah. this is the, the future of Willy Wonka. Is that right? Yeah. Is that what you're presupposing? Yeah. Okay. He shook Charlie's hand. The calluses on both men's palms were part of their identity. They immediately started bleeding, both of them. <laughs> Life's hard. Your calluses are very hard. Damn right. I respect you. See that spark? That's how we know. <laughs> it's like Flint. Two rocks <laughs> colliding. Then Charlie watched him leave and glare at the security guard on his way out. Charlie returned to his seat in the waiting area, ignoring the expressions of shock from the other customers. He picked up the folder he dropped on the floor when he saw the growing altercation, then waited patiently to be called. The old man was one of hundreds of farmers that had gone belly up. It was the nature of the business. Adapt or die. It was a trend that was becoming more common among the farmers in the area. If you couldn't compete with the large farm conglomerates, then it was game over. Classic case. Damn. It was like real life. Yeah, that's sad for farmers. Shout out to all the farmers listening. Not a single farmer listens to this. <laughs> I guarantee you. You don't know. Don't don't pretend you know. If our, you're a farmer, demo. if you're a farmer and you listen to this, send us a message and then send me an ear of corn. I'll take a potato. Yeah. That was a Shark Tank idea. What? what? The message Me on a potato. Yeah, they got a deal. They got a deal from it. From Kevin. Fuck. I've got an encyclopedic knowledge of Shark Tank deals. What's uh, what season was that? Uh, it was pretty okay. Well, it was early. Uh, it was an early season. But you immediately pushed me into a corner. I can't get out of. <laughs> it was not that early. It was mid mid season. I'm saying season four. Anyway, okay. okay. This is all content. The original kings of content are going to put out for their Shark Tank based podcast coming soon. What's it called? Uh, it's called uh, Shark. <laughs> yeah, it's like we combine shark and tank into one word: shark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, that's the next. Uh, that's one of many ventures. The original Kings of Content LLC. That's us. Don't steal that. If you steal it, I'll find you and I'll kill your family. Patent pending. We've patented. <laughs> this is not patentable. If you've ever watched Shark Tank, you'd know there's nothing patentable about it. Mister Wonderful could replicate this himself and squish us like a bug. Anyway, go on. Is that it? 
Is there more to be had here from this page? Are you deciding right now? We get it. The farms are... Farms. Times are tough for the farmers. You got to go out there and do a real man's work people, like people a money lending. People just aren't eating food anymore. Nobody's eating food. What they're doing is they're just waiting in line for a loan so they can just keep meagerly eating cardboard and lead paint. In a world where people just stop eating food, yeah. the farmers are going broke. Man, now that's a book I'd read. Most families were lucky to get back what they owed, and the best case scenario involved walking off their land without any debt. But that was a rarity. I didn't realize there was more. Mr. Decker? Charlie lifted his head and flashed a smile at the loan officer dressed in a sharp blue suit, white shirt, and red tie. He was clean-shaven and had a fresh tan but didn't smile. Not a fresh tan but didn't smile. You think people with tans would smile? Yeah, I, I mean, when I'm tan, boy, you can't stop me from smiling. My pearlies are out. Yeah. Full force. Mm. Nice to meet you. Charlie extended his hand and the banker regarded it for a minute, almost as if Ugh. making sure it was clean. The soiled hand of a, of a farmer. Once Charlie's hand passed inspection, the banker reciprocated the handshake. These calluses will cut my baby soft palms. I have a banker's palms. <laughs> <laughs> my palms are weathered for many years of uh, bills passing over it. I have such soft palms from passing over so much legal tender. I love to take the tender in my palms. As a banker. Have a seat, Mr. Decker. The banker kept his attention on the papers and the neatly stacked piles of documents on his desk, then glanced at the folder in Charlie's hands. Oh, I see you came prepared. Is it a trapper keeper? Yes, sir. Oh, fucking yokel. Charlie answered, repositioning himself in the chair. <laughs> the plastic seat wasn't comfortable, but he suspected that it was designed that way. Your visit today is for a loan application for your... The banker flipped through the pages, unable to finish his thought. <laughs> Orchard? <laughs> <laughs> you goon. Orchard. Out of my bank. Charlie said, happily filling in the blank. Yes, Orchard. Uh, is that a bank? <laughs> is that another bank? What is that? <laughs> is that a, some sort of tech startup? The banker accentuated his frown the further he dove into the Orchard's financial history. Charlie cleared his throat. <clears throat> it's no secret that smaller farms just don't have the profit margins as the larger corporate farms. <laughs> but we're more agile than those big guys, which allows us to adapt more quickly. Now I see here you sell 100 apples a year for 10 cents an apple. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it's on a good year. It's an honest day's work, sir. <laughs> see, what I do is I plant them and then I pick them off the tree. Yeah, well, sometimes I just find them on the ground. And sometimes and I make too. a juice out of them and have my daughter sell them on the road. Whoa. A little backstory Ganesh just created. Yeah, does this guy have a daughter? Charlie set the folder <laughs> on the banker's desk. Ganesh knows more than me. My do. plan outlines a more efficient and streamlined approach to harvesting, which in turn will allow for better marketing because we're producing a better product. Three words. Genetically modified organisms. One word. Disruption. Ooh. That's what he's bringing, baby. We're, about to, we're about to disrupt the orchard. Yeah, these mega food, they're scared. Big take, food is scared. Take everything you thought you knew about the simple orchard and throw it out. Throw it away. This you know, is not your grandmother's orchard. You think 100 apples is cool? I'll tell you what's cool. <laughs> 150 apples. <laughs> and you know what? 10 cents? Make it 12. Boom, baby. An Indian nickel. <laughs> hey, he pressed a finger on top of the pages. We're rebranding our orchard and opening up for tours. It's now called E-Orchard. <laughs> <laughs> it's orchard, but without the vowels. <laughs> We have Wi-Fi enabled trees. 
He pressed a finger on top of the pages. We're rebranding our orchard and opening up for tours. And I already have vendors lined up for a weekly weekend farmer's market. And once we're able to purchase the upgraded processing equipment, we'll be able to double our daily output. The banker picked up the folder and Charlie took the nods as a good sign. You'll be funneling the projected revenue into the payments for the new machinery and renovations? Yes, sir. And those no. projections are very conservative. Sounds like very you know, conservative. Banker knows quite a bit about orchard running. Charlie inched toward the seat's edge. I think those margins will increase to the low teens by the third quarter after operations are up and running. I've also developed a relationship with local bakeries and grocers to help supplement our, our demand. And I've received a lot of positive responses. There's definitely an interest for our product, both locally and nationally. Because did you hear the news? You can put these apples in them pies. <laughs> uh, you can juice them. You can put them in a pie. You can eat them raw. Put some butter on it. Some peanut butter. butter. Make it into butter. Butter or Apple butter. butter. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Are we stopping here or is there more? Let's, well, does he get his loan? Again. No, let's go. I want to hear what the does result the guy, is. It, it, said in the, it said it in the synopsis. He doesn't get the loan. Jesus. Spoiler. God damn. No fun. He doesn't fun. get the fucking loan. Fuck no that banker. No fun. Of course. That banker was never going to be on his side. No. Nobody sees the value in a small orchard. But me, I do. Well, great. Let's jump ahead now to the 25% mark and see what this... Well, wait a second. The synopsis, I believe, uh, hinted at some kind of societal downfall. Is that right? There's Correct. Like but right DMP. now, this is just a nice, uh, wholesome bank scene. Are we about to jump ahead into, like, fucking Blade Runner? Some, like, Escape be. from New York kind of shit? Could be. Man, I hope so. Let's jump ahead now and see where we're at in the, uh, the downfall of uh, humanity. Hi, Chihuahua. Here we go. We are jumping ahead to the 25% mark. Let's see if this orchard is burned to the ground yet. The remainder of the journey to the hospital revealed the widespread nature of whatever event had taken place. Oh, yeah. Jumping right into it. Yeah, I love the fallout. A cloud of chaos and confusion had descended upon the city. And while Charlie had hoped the hospital would act as a place of order and stability, those aspirations were dashed when they finally arrived. Charlie stopped at the edge of the parking lot, which was filled with people hunched over their engines, scratching their head. People rushed in out of open doors. Oh, right. It was like an EMP. So it's not we're not dealing with like mass death per se. No. Okay. But planes maybe falling out of the sky. Yeah, I don't know. Trains, automobiles <clears throat> even. People rush in and out of open doors, and the entrance of the hospital dark and ominous compared to their sunny afternoon. What are you doing? Mel asked, slurring her words due to exhaustion. We're here. Let's go. <laughs> no, that the other person was slurring. Oh, that's the same person? Yeah. What did she just say? I can't understand that. We're here. Let's go. We're here. Let's go. Okay. I don't know if Charlie shook his head. Never mind. He looked behind him, checking on the mother carrying her little girl. How are you holding up? Little girl rested her head on her mother's shoulder. That's her name, too. Little girl. Hey, little girl. Hey, little girl. girl. Both of their faces were covered with soot. What would you like to name her? Uh, little girl. Well, she's a little girl, ain't she? What's she? That boy or girl? Ain't she or ain't she not? A little girl. Hey, little girl. She's a little girl. The mother's business clothes were torn and ragged, and she coughed as she nodded. <laughs> we're okay. She adjusted her little girl in her arms and kissed her forehead. You okay, little girl? <laughs> Charlie weaved around the cars in the lot, overhearing the conversations of the baffled motorists. It won't even turn over. A man was hunched over his sedan, fingers black with engine grease. Ugh. It was fine this morning. Is that how you fix the engine? You just shove your hand in there and start tooling around? Yeah, wiggle it. A pair of women's two spots over had the hood of their van propped up. The battery was just changed, so it can't be that. Hey, look around, you idiot. Everybody's car's broken. 
Her friend flapped her arms at her side. Terry, I need to get to work. Well, what do you want me to do, Charlotte? She fished her phone out of her pocket and waved it in front of her friend's face. Car doesn't work. Phone doesn't work. We're out of luck. Charlie hastened his pace. While the parking lot hadn't boiled over into the same chaos as the rest of the city, Charlie felt it simmering, and he didn't want to be there for when those first bubbles spilled over. Mm-mm. Get me back to my orchard. Mm. Peace and quiet. Mama's orchard. Following a flood of other people inside, Charlie blinked a few times so his eyes adjusted to the fading light. Little girl coned my orchard. Little girl, I can help you with all my crapples that I make at my orchard. The fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> what happened to what Lord just in a bit? What? How dare you? Nurses hurried between patients and doctors. Each of them pulled in a hundred different directions. Questions and screams funneled together. The noise inside the ER of the hospital akin to a stadium roar. Ooh, exciting. All the lights in the ceiling were out, and from what Charlie could see, the hospital had no power. Oh, that can't be possible, I'm, Charlie said. I'm sensing a uh, running theme here that power seems to be out of shortage, short supply. They have generators, backup power supplies. What the hell is going on? Actually, yeah, what the fuck? Those work even after an EMP, right? You could use a generator, right? Mm, I don't know. Oh. I don't know anything about it. EMP. Oh, okay, fine. Jesus. I don't know Nelson. diddly. I should have just gone home. Charlie spotted an open chair and walked Mel over and gently set him down in it. The mother and daughter followed. I'll get someone to look at you, Charlie said. Thank you, the mother said. Everybody's Southern now. In the beginning, not everybody was. That's okay. Keep going. I like it. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Mel groaned and collapsed into a puddle of exhaustion in his seat. Oh, Mel's a guy. I couldn't tell either way. Charlie weaved around the nurses and patients. His eyes locked onto the back of a nurse who happened to be the only one behind the counter. Excuse me, ma'am. I have a Patricia. Oh, no. The nurse spun around, looking right over Charlie's left shoulder and extended a folder that almost scraped Charlie's cheek. Room 25. Thanks. A hand reached past Charlie's face. Ma'am, if I can just mark. The nurse looked to her left, her hair blocking out most of her profile. 227 needs their insulin within the next hour. She's got no time to suffer fools. Thanks, Liz. The nurse finally <laughs> spun around. <laughs> I like that character. <laughs> Thanks, on it. The nurse finally spun around from the filing cabinets and, uh, he and heaved a stack of papers onto the desk where Charlie waited. She worked her fingers along the edge of the files, separating them quickly and efficiently. Miss, I need just one minute, sir. Liz held up her finger, her attention still focused on the paperwork. Without thinking, Charlie reached over the desk and snatched the nurse's wrist. Whoa. Charlie sucks. Charlie. That's a really bad move. Yeah. Liz snapped her head up, flinging the bangs off of her forehead while a few strands framed a pretty tanned face with green eyes that flashed anger. Everyone's tan. She must be smiling. I have a man who needs stitches and a little girl and her mother who need to be checked for smoke inhalation damage. You and everybody else in this damn hospital, idiot. The power just went out. Charlie spoke calmly, but it did little to calm the nurse's anger. Liz yanked her arm back hard and Charlie relinquished his grip. You always touch things that don't belong to you? Ooh. She returned to her paperwork, girl. quickly flipping through the file. <laughs> a doctor appeared from behind the side entrance to the station, never fully coming to a stop as he passed through. Liz, I need 500 milligrams and make sure you have someone keep an eye on her. She tends to seize up after a treatment. Charlie continued to lean over the counter. I know you're busy, but there are people that need your help out there. And there are people who are already here that are dying because we don't have any power and our systems are down. Shit. Oh, who yelled that? Collectively, both. The whole city. <clears throat> oh, shit. Little girl. Oh, this little girl's sick. She got a little sniffle. Another doctor appeared from in the opposite direction. Liz, you find it? No, it must be in the basement. What a hectic scene. 
all right, I'll send someone else down. Hard to keep up when it's just one adult man yelling in my ear. <laughs> yeah, he's making everyone's job harder. Liz peeled her face away from the folders defeated. No, I meant Ganesh. Please, Charlie said. It'll only take a minute. I'm doing the best I can, you, Austin. You honestly are, but sometimes the best you can is just not good enough. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Bob. All praise to you. You're working harder than any of us. Liz regarded Charlie, her hands on her hips, then nodded. I'll find you a room. Thank you, Charlie said. Oh, okay, good. All That's right, really so cool. it's chaos, and Charlie does not know how to react to yeah, it. Yeah, he's kind of a dick, and also is somewhat abusive to a really busy hospital worker. I uh, kind of think he's. this is the first time he's ever been to like a town. <laughs> this is his first experience in city life. Yeah. Uh, so the, the running team in this book is the first scene he had to stop himself from basically whooping a security guard's ass. The yeah. second scene, he grabs a woman by the wrist. Charlie yeah. seems like uh, aggressive and violent. Yeah, he's bad. He's news. not a good guy. Despite having the sweet southern charm that Ganesh has imbued him with, he seems like perhaps he's... He knows nothing but a life of apples. He's got a dark side. Yeah, uh, yeah true. That's right. He's uh, socially inept because he spends all of his time uh, picking rotting apples up off the ground. Yeah, he's got four apple trees that he has to tend to. It's a hard job. Just four. Yeah. Four, does four mm. trees an orchard make? Sure. All right. Put that on a t-shirt. Let's jump ahead now. Bye. Welcome back. I know the music is the best part of this podcast, but now you got to listen to us talk more. Uh, let's jump ahead to the 50% mark. Charlie limped the first few steps, but then fell back into an easy stride by the time he passed the second house. To the west, the sun had completely dipped below the horizon and the twilight had ended. Voices caught his attention ahead and Charlie slowed to listen. Laughter. It was faint, but it was laughter. Ooh, they must be tan too. <laughs> Everybody's having fun. Tan in the dark. He walked toward it, keeping quiet, and moved off the center of the road and onto the sidewalk, then the yards of houses, so he had a better cover. The best case scenario was finding Liz and the rest of them at a friend's house, laughing and eating. Isn't that the nurse? Uh, yeah. Sure. Well, they're yeah. friends now. Yeah, they're buddies. He'd apologize and everything would be fine. But the closer he moved <laughs> and the louder the laughter grew, he knew that it wasn't his people. The laughter was wild and laced with anger. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh scary. I'm intrigued. I would love to hear some wild, angry laughter. Charlie yeah, approached the house at the count corner of the street slowly, then craned his head around and crouched low. He saw three men in five houses down the street. Each of them was seated in a folding chair on the front lawn, beers in their hands. Oh, yeah. Certified bad boys. And while their conversations leaned on the side of rambunctious, Charlie didn't see anything that made him believe that they were dangerous. That was until one of them stepped outside. Yo, you go and take care of that fat dude. Whoa. <gasps> What'd they do? Eat him? Not a fan of the body shaming from these three goons outside. Bitch, he's face down in the ditch. Whoa. Whoa. He ain't getting up. The man who answered lifted his drink to his lips, laughing. <laughs> the man to his left, shirtless and with a large tribal tattoo on his shoulder, mocked oh. his friend. Yeah, you're a real tough guy, huh? He took a drink. A fat guy and an old lady. Just a killer. Laughter burst from the group and the killer flipped his middle finger. Yeah, fuck you. I kill old ladies. Why not? The power's been out for six hours. <laughs> yeah, free for all. If there was ever a time to start killing people. Whatever. 
Killer said. At least we got those girls, right? Yeah, if we can ever get close enough without them scratching our eyes out. Well, you good boys just don't know how to treat a lady right. Killer set the drink down, then clapped his hands together. Three brutes. Dr. Love is coming through. Oh, no. The rage that coursed through Charlie's veins was so violent that he couldn't stop oh, shaking man. on his retreat from the corner. Charlie's been itching to unleash an ass whooping since the beginning yeah. of this book. And his the more they are laughed, ready to kick. Yikes. <laughs> The tighter he squeezed on his fists, he reached for the pistol in his waistband. Oh, damn. He's packing? He's packing. I mean, these guys, they just like admit to murder. So I guess, yeah. why not? And while his first instinct was to turn the corner and charge down the street, firing off as many rounds as he could before those bastards had a chance to realize what was happening, he <laughs> shoved that instinct back down to the pit of his stomach. That's a bad strategy. Gun still in his hand, Charlie took off back down the street. He'd just come up in search of Mel and Arlene. Just runs away. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty water as far as he could see. He rushed to the op- opposite side and checked again. Are ditches usually full of water? If it rains. Oh. The whole point of a ditch. Yeah, to get the water flowing. The first look to his left, he saw nothing. And when he quickly turned his head in the other direction, he thought he saw nothing again. Well, he thought wrong. He saw something. <laughs> But he stopped himself and strained his eyes at a pair of lumps that had started blocking trash and water. Oh, my God. He sprinted down the road, his eyes never coming off of Mel and Arlene's backs. Oh, it's them. Both of them were lying face down in the ditch. Oh, no, they're dead. Never breaking stride on his run, Charlie dropped the five feet into the depths of the ditch, splashing the warm, dirty water up his pant legs Hmm. and dropped to a knee. Arlene. Charlie whispered her name, his voice is catching in his throat, as he carefully flipped her over, and he immediately jumped back. Arlene's head wobbled, and the bones along her broken neck ground and cracked <gasps> against one another as her dead eyes fell on him. Oh, dear. He's real dead. That's as dead as it gets. Dead in a ditch? Now, who's Arlene? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, man? Maybe his mommy? His, his mommy. Huh? No. His, his Mother's <laughs> orchard. <laughs> Uh, it's his daughter who sold the fucking apple juice. No, no it's not his daughter. We, we don't hardly know knew ye. The answer is we don't know who it is. I hope it's not little girl. No, little girl <laughs> is alive and well. She's like a local warlord now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's got like face paint. Yeah, she's got a, a bunch like of Mad Max. She's got a bunch of men on leashes. Uh, One guy playing guitar with fire spewing out of it. Hell yeah, that'd be really cool. Uh, Growing up on a farm, he had seen life and death, but he'd never had that experience with a person. Wow, I've seen a dead person. Where? My grandma. Where? When she died. Trudy? No, she's still alive. We covered this in the last book. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the other the other Trudy. I saw my grandpa dead. Listen, I'm not going to get into how many dead relatives I've seen. But in a ditch? The, okay, well, I will give you that. I never saw a dead person in a ditch. How many ditch daddies you see in your life? Ditch daddies? Daddies. Daddies. Daddies? You guys have seen a dead body, right? Yeah, maybe yeah. outside of like a casket. Well, no, in a casket counts. In a casket, yeah. Okay, there are some people in New York that I thought might have been dead. Yeah, well, they they wish. The harsh snap of Arlene's neck represented violence Charlie had never seen before. Slowly, Charlie pulled his eyes away from Arlene and looked at Mel. He made sure that he didn't touch or step on any part of Arlene. But when he got closer to him, he, he already stepped saw all over Mel. <laughs> I stomped on her. The back of Mel's head was bloody, as if he'd been hit with something before he was thrown down here. Oh, I forgot Mel was a man. We already covered this. The blood on his skull hadn't dried because of the water. And and now hell, he's Mel. no more. Mel, I thought you're you're the you're supposed to be out here protecting Arlene. And there was a light tinge of red that continuously washed downstream. But just to make sure, Charlie pressed his fingers against Mel's neck. No pulse. He looked at the gun in his hand and then turned to Arlene and Mel one last time. Shot him. Two bullets. <laughs> 
I should have stopped you. I should have never lost my temper. I should have never let you even come this way. A tear squeezed through the anger and rolled down his cheek, and he quickly wiped it away. It was the only one Charlie let fall. Then he quickly climbed the dirt-packed wall of the ditch and returned to the road. His wet jeans clung to his legs like a second skin. Oh, yeah. He's about to go kill these fucking idiots around the fire or whatever. He sprinted back down the street and refused to let Liz and Sarah and little Arli- Adeline succumb <laughs> to the same fate. Who the fuck's Adeline? Oh, another- Why would you name a character so close to another character? Arlene and Adeline? He was going to get them out of that house no matter what. In writing, it seems like it'd be close. (laughs) Because I have an A. Okay, fine. All right. It's totally different. Two very different names that I will never confuse. Dripping with sweat and stinking of the ditch, Charlie skidded to a stop at the end of the same street corner where he'd seen the men in the yard, which now held nothing but empty chairs. These guys are on the move. They're in the house. Oh, you think? Yeah. There's no power. Stay outside. He retreated behind the house on the corner and stepped into the overgrown grass of its backyard. Four fences separated Charlie from the house where the girls were being held, and he moved quickly over the first two, which were both chain link and only three or four feet tall. Oh, man. The, the, Charlie on the hunt. The third fence was wood and taller than Charlie, but it had a side door. The fourth fence was similar to the third, but this one only had an exit to the front of the house. He scanned the fence, looking for cracks that offered him a view of what he'd encountered on the other side. A lot of different fences in this neighborhood. Doesn't sound like they have a homeowners association. (laughs) (laughs) It's a free-for-all. These people are wild. Very lost. But they all have different kinds of mailboxes, too. Somebody's got the little farmhouse mailbox. Somebody's got the old tin one with the red flag. What kind did you have growing up? I I lived in a a homeowners association neighborhood, at least in high school, and we all had nice wooden mailboxes with our names on the side. Our mailbox had ducks on it. Yeah. That on Cowshade Road? Yeah. That's nice. That's only the best down there. Before that changed. Everyone likes a duck. Charlie tucked the revolver in his pocket, then pulled himself up and over the fence and landed hard on the balls of his feet. Ouch. My balls. Ow, my feet testicles. (laughs) Then he kept low on, on his sprint toward the back of the house. He paused near the back door, reaching for the revolver and catching his breath. He slowly reached for the knob, but found it locked. Shit. Carefully and quietly, Charlie crawled around to the far side of the house and undid the latch on the gate's exit from the backyard. He opened the gate only a crack and peeked at the other side. He found the side yard clear of people and he saw a potential entrance point. A basement window at ground level was cracked open. It looked big enough for Charlie to squeeze through and he hurried over to check. So Charlie at this point has nothing to live for other than just vengeance, it seems. The only goal he has right now is to just kill these guys, right? Yeah. You don't need electricity to run an orchard, do you? No, you're. I mean, we're way past the orchard stuff, man. This guy's trying to find his friend's killers. Yeah. And I want to see him do it. Keep going. As he moved closer, he found the window smaller than he originally envisioned. But he opened it all the way. He was able to square his shoulders up and stick his head inside to get a better view. It was dark, but after he blinked a few times, he saw the basement was crammed with boxes and old furniture. Charlie backed out, then shimmied into the window feet first, his back to the ground. His wet jeans scraped against the concrete sides, and when his legs were inside, his back started to pinch due to the harsh angle. He shimmied faster, trying to rid himself of the pain in his back, but he became stuck when he tried to pass his shoulders through. Jeez Louise. He stuck his arms straight back, narrowing his shoulders as much as possible, and gravity did the rest of the work, pulling him down until he landed awkwardly on the, on concrete. Wouldn't it be funny if he just got, what, got stuck? That was just the rest of the book. Just yeah. him stuck there. Shoot! Dang it! God damn wall! Shit! Charlie winced, a harsh burn running down his right side, and when he pressed his palm against his pain, he mm. felt something wet. Oh, my wet pain. When he, <laughs> when he examined his palm in the darkness... 
and wiggled his finger, he was able to make out the dark crimson of blood. Yeah, that's probably what that wet shit is coming out of the really painful part of my body. Is that blood? <laughs> hmm. Thought it was apple juice. Oh, damn. A piece of jagged metal had cut him down his left side from his love handle to armpit. Ah, that's a long way. <laughs> Ouch. That seems like nearly almost instant death. <laughs> How deep was this? We'll never know. And while the slash only broke the first layer of skin, the length of the scrape, <laughs> we immediately knew, <laughs> had produced a significant amount of blood. Leave her alone. Charlie snapped his head up toward the ceiling, the rush of adrenaline overpowering the pain. He followed the screams and laughter toward the staircase that led him up the first floor of the house. Did he yell, leave her alone? Nope. Uh-oh. All the girl did. Well, all right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My mistake. No, that's fine. The door at the top of the stairs was cracked open, and Charlie tightened his grip on the pistol at his side. He counted four men that had been in the front yard, but there could be more. Another scream. Dozens. More laughter. Muffled cries. Hundreds. He planted his foot on the first step of the staircase, testing it for noise. When all his weight was applied, <laughs> no sound was made. <laughs> Quiet enough. He moved to the second, then the third, keeping a steady pace all the way to the top, where he paused. Like a cat. He's a kitty cat. Sweating and shaking, Charlie shut his eyes and tried to calm his unsteady hand. Oh, man, I want him to kill them so bad. Yeah. He needed to keep his wits wits about him if he was going to be able to make it out of this alive. He inhaled deeply and held it, then exhaled slowly. Ah, breathing. His muscles relaxed and his heart rate lowered. Oh. It was now or never. He's got the eye of the tiger right now. He's ready to kill. Charlie opened the door all the way, not bothering to check inside first and hoping to catch the bastards off guard. Oh, man. I don't even want to read the rest of the book. I just want to read this. Yeah, this is the thrill. <coughs> Hang in there. Oh. Um, He's just parched after a long session of reading. Yeah, you're really cooking through this. Keeping up the flow of the... He's a natural-born reader, this guy. He sees those letters, puts them together, forms the words. What Ganesh lacks in personal and professional success, he makes up for in reading ability. The revolver was exposed first, his arms outstretched, and then he stepped into the narrow hallway. It was empty. Doors lined both sides, and more laughter echoed from up front. But the cries for help were coming from inside the room, down the hall, and on the left. These guys are having a ball, just laughing the night away. I'd feel at least a little weird after killing somebody. Well, they're bad guys. They're definitely like... Oh, they've killed before. Trying to rape those yeah, girls. I mean, they're bad, obviously. I'm not saying they're not bad, but just like you'd think your first time having a, a you know, a gang killing spree, probably feel a little introspective afterwards. But, you know, I don't know. Charlie paused at the door and positioned his ear close to the wood. The whispers inside were unintelligible, and he gently placed his hand on the knob. He turned it slowly, wincing with every little noise triggered by his movement. When he couldn't turn it anymore, Charlie leaned his weight against the door. What's all that racket? Is that doorknob opening? <laughs> Is that that damn doorknob? Oh, it's a man. It's Charlie. His heart hammered in his chest so hard that he was convinced everyone in the house heard him. Is that the guy from the orchard? I bought apples from you. They weren't that good. They're mealy. Maybe a bad year. But when the door finally opened and no one had come barreling out of the room to attack him or yelled from the living room, Charlie realized that it was all in his head and all of those concerns erased when he saw Sarah on her back on the bed, t-shirt off, but was still wearing her bra and jeans Uh, and a man towering over her, his uh, back to Charlie. Oh, shoot him dead right now. Now, Who's Sarah? I don't know who any of these people are, but they're good people. His back is turned. He wants to be stealthy. The play here is to give him the biggest wedgie of his life. (laughs) (laughs) I will admit that does sound like the play. Uh, Yeah, no, that's definitely the power move. You give him the wedgie, pull it over his head so it's over his eyes and he can't see and you say, surprise, pull the trigger. Boom. (laughs) 
dying shame wedgie to death. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. And then Sarah's like, what the fuck, Charlie? I thought you were a simple orchardsman. <laughs> <laughs> no, there has to be like a snappy one-liner that happens like um, like an underpants joke. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, like an apple voice joke. Like that stain won't come out or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh, that's blood. good. Yeah, yeah. That good that's one. good. Yeah. <laughs> you want to keep your daughter safe? The killer asked. Then you do what I tell you to do. He unbuckled his pants. Charlie seized the moment and charged forward and cracked the pistol on the back of the man's head. Oh, then shit. tackled him onto the bed and wrapped him in a chokehold. Oh, yeah. That's actually cooler. You're right. You want to remain stealthy. You don't want to blow your yeah. uh, your cover with the gunshot. Got a real it. solid snake here. Yeah, this guy's awesome. The killer's cheeks turned purple and he bucked his hips. But Charlie squeezed tighter, knowing that if the man cried for help, they would all be dead. Looks like this apple's ripe. <laughs> <laughs> He whispers into the guy's ear. The killer gurgled, but then slowly he started to fade. It's time to harvest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's good. The fight went out of him and he passed out. Exhausted, Charlie let him go and then turned to Sarah, who was shaking on the bed, unable to form any coherent words. You're next. (laughs) God. Charlie's bloodlust, unsatiable. Sarah. (laughs) He's like the Hulk. Charlie barely spoke above a whisper and tried to get her off the bed. We need to go. Where are Adeline and Liz? The living room. Sarah finally spit the words out and she started to cry. Finally, Sarah. Goddamn. They have her there. Please, Charlie. You have to get her. Charlie hushed her and nodded. I will. But I need you to get out. Come on. He led Sarah by the hand into the hallway. He brought her toward the basement door and then motioned her to go down. There's a window. Crawl out of it and wait for me there. If you hear anything, then I want you to run down the street east as far as you can and I'll catch up. Ah, good thing I brought my compass. East. I know east. That way. East. But my daughter. I'll bring her to you. I promise. Dead or alive. She's like, alive, please. Reluctant, Sarah descended the <laughs> stairs and Charlie turned his attention to the living room at the end of the hall. You know what this reminds me of the scene? Just like the pacing in it. The scene in uh, Pulp Fiction where Bruce Willis goes into the pawn shop. Yeah, a little bit. This is exciting. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this is fun. It's, you know, what it really, the whole vibe of like the EMP thing and just hillbilly wacko people surviving and stuff. It's kind of like The Road. Oh, yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, Yeah. it was like that, but better. (laughs) Yeah, because that guy wasn't from an orchard. No, this guy couldn't grow an apple tree to save his life. Cormac McCarthy, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, James Hunt is coming for you. That's right. Yeah. Does he write in a similar prose? It's hunting season. No quotes. All like a screenplay? No, no. No, he writes way better than that. All right, keep going. <laughs> he writes normal. Yeah, like a normal man writes. <laughs> Reluctant, Sarah descended the stairs. Charlie turned his attention to the living room at the end of the hall. Charlie moved quickly, unsure how long the killer in the room would be passed out. He didn't know what he'd do, but he understood the time crunch. Hey, Ronnie, you need some help in there, man? <laughs> the voice drew closer, and when the man rounded the corner of the hallway, drinking a high hand and smiling, Charlie raised the gun and fired. Boom! Brat. Brat. Pop. Blood and liquor stained the carpet as the man and his cup crashed the floor. Blood With his liquor. cover blown, Charlie charged toward forward and was in the living room before the rest of the gang could react, save for tossing their hands in the air. Don't move. Wow, they all gave up just like that. He shifted his aim between the clusters of men. He counted six and saw Liz and Adeline tucked in the corner. He's got six men hold up like that. Liz crying as she quickly <laughs> this picked guy's the girl a badass. up. Liz, Sarah's outside. Go now. With everyone else distracted by Charlie and his weapon, 
was scurried out the front door, leaving him alone with the six men in the confined space. Everyone get face down on the floor, hands behind your heads, Charlie said, his voice shaking due to the adrenaline pumping through his veins. Ridiculous move by Charlie. The group remained seated, then their expressions ranging from fear to contempt, but none of them moved. Do it now! Still, no one moved, and Charlie began to sweat. You going to shoot us, boy? One man stood slowly, his eyes locked on Charlie. I don't think you've got enough bolts in there for everyone, so what happens when you run out? Mm, good point. I run away. <laughs> Duh. Charlie grimaced, finger inching over the trigger. Six men, four bullets. The math wouldn't end at all. Not for him, at least. Mm -mm. Unless he curves them like that fucking movie. <sighs> yeah. That movie, that Wanted. fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Wanted. Oh, I was going to say the terminal. <laughs> when he builds that mosaic fountain. Yeah, yeah. And then I, curves the bullet through it. Boom. I don't want any more trouble. I don't want your life. <laughs> uh, he should kill all four of them, right? Yeah. And then run away. What he should do is kill himself. Throw him for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> that'll really, that'll uh, let the girls run away. Give him some, buy him some time. <laughs> Charlie said, his mouth dry. He retreated toward the hallway and the basement door. I think you're just talk. The leader snarled, taking a single step forward. I dare you to shoot me. I don't think you've got the balls to pull that trigger on all of us. I said don't move. Charlie screamed, whipping the pistol in a forward motion, but the threat went unheeded. As the first man stood, the others slowly rose, feeding into their leader's boldness, and it wasn't long before they were all on their feet. Charlie was out of options. He fired. Bullets screamed from the barrel of the revolver and dropped the leader. The rest of the men charged, and Charlie pivoted his aim and fired again on his retreat toward the basement door. The bullets bought him some time, but he needed to move quick. He headed for the basement door and slammed it shut on the way down, leaping the stairs two, three at a time. When he hit the bottom, he spun around and fired back up at the basement door, forcing the men to stop, and then he beelined it for the window, which was still open. Charlie jumped, thrusting his head and shoulders through the window, and he clawed frantically at the grass as he pulled himself from the basement. He rolled out just as the men reached the bottom, and when he sprinted towards the road, he didn't look back when his feet hit the pavement, but he was two houses down when the gunshots fired behind him. Ahead, he saw Sarah and Liz with Adeline. He screamed at them to keep running, and at the last second, Charlie turned his head around and watched three men with pistols chasing after him. He fired one last shot, then didn't look back, and he didn't stop running. Ooh, baby. Whoa. That was hot. Maybe to one of try. the best scenes that we've come across in all of our reading. I think it's probably yeah, that's like easily the best one. Yeah. <laughs> like that was definitely we yeah, yeah, that yeah. section of the of the episode is very long. We just let that go for a long time. But yeah, I'm that glad. was great. That was terrific. That was this is like definitely up there for one of the best books we've read. Yeah. In terms of just good. pure fun. It's friggin' like fun, fun with my friends. It's friggin' fun. Like we yeah. just said at the top of the show. Yeah, we like to have fun. And we're having fun with Charlie. Five fun fellas. The Orchard. Except, uh, orchard there's three, there's three of us. Uh, let's, you wanna, man, that was great. I don't even know. I need what to percent just, like, walk was around that? The block. 50? 50. Now we gotta take a jump. All right. We're Damn. gonna go straight up to the 75% mark. Everybody take a breath, smoke Ooh. a cigarette, walk around the block, take a dip in your pool, punch a kid. We're coming back in a minute.
boy, I have broken out into a, a very wet sweat after that last uh, bit. Let's let's hope this next scene cools me down a little bit or pushes me over the edge. To what? What's next? Uh, well, I pass out. <laughs> oh uh, boy, I pass. I sweat till I pass out. Oh Lord, uh, Ganesh, please read us the seventy-five percent mark. The Humvee was positioned at the intersection of perpendicular roads that traveled in front of the gas station. He turned back toward the woods where he'd left Liz and Adeline. It's he like didn't have time to waste. We're still like balls deep in action. Yeah. Charlie scanned the area one last time, still unable to see the enemy firing from cover. He had sprinted for the Humvee. He was only aware of his steps, his breaths, and the gunfire on his sprint. <laughs> still chasing. We've jumped 25% and uh, they're like still daylight chasing him with now? guns. Yeah. yeah. Bullets zipped past and collided with the rusted pumps and metal garage doors of the station. The Benny Hill theme song's in the background. (laughs) (laughs) On the run, Charlie forgot to grab the weapons from the soldiers and focused only on the man leaned up against the Humvee, reloading a magazine into his rifle. Charlie slammed against the Humvee doors, the pain numbed by the adrenaline caused by the bullets vibrating against the other side of the armored military vehicle. Is he fighting the military now? I don't know. Charlie is the most badass orchard owner. He's going to fight anyone who gets in his way that's right he's just trying For to get back what? to that damn orchard because some random people he barely knew were found dead in the gutter beads of sweat covered the last soldier's face and charlie gawked at him the rush of battle and the fear of death so intense that he had forgotten why he had come here in the first place it wasn't until the soldier grabbed charlie by the collar pulled him close enough to smell the stink of his breath and screamed that he realized it was the lieutenant grab one of those guns the lieutenant shoved Charlie off him and positioned himself near the Humvee's tailgate, oh, having to move aside another of his fallen comrades to be in a position where he could return fire. Charlie just got drafted. <laughs> Welcome to the war, Charlie. Charlie watched the lieutenant's body vibrate from the recoil of the rifle, then spun around to where the second pair of soldiers lay in the road. His side scraped against the rough metal doors, and he half crouched, half <laughs> crawled toward the Humvee's front bumper. Charlie's side's really taking a beating. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it still hurts from when I cut it open. At least three feet of open space lay between Charlie and the rifle lying across the dead soldier's chest. The lieutenant was the only man left. Charlie shut his eyes, and the tension in his muscles grew painful as he hesitated before his attempt at the final push. Finally, he lunged, scrambling for the rifle in a mad dash. The three feet of open road between the rifle and the Humvee exposed him to the enemy, and bullets puffed up bits of asphalt into Charlie's peripheral. Ouch. He fumbled his fingers across the rifle's stock and gave it a hard yank and he quickly retreated back toward the safety of the Humvee. But just when Charlie stepped behind the Humvee's engine, a harsh tug yanked him back into the kill zone. At first, Charlie thought the soldier had woken, but the soldier was still dead, and Charlie saw that the rifle's shoulder strap had caught him on the corpse's arm. hate when that happens. The soldier's face was turned away, but Charlie caught the stench of death and blood, which covered the dead man's arms and legs and torso as he hastily removed the snag with one final yank. I don't think he's going to make it. More gunfire and bullets shredded the soldier's leg, and Charlie ducked back down and checked the weapon. It took him a moment to find the chamber, but he opened it, clearing the jam, then shut it. He squeezed the weapon tight, and a flag came out that said, bang. (laughs) He was a jokester, (laughs) and it killed him. (laughs) Come back to get you. As if his strength could crush the steel and carbon in his hand. We need to leave, the lieutenant shouted from the Humvee's tailgate. We're overrun. The woman I was with, she's been shot. We need to ride to get her to my form. Her form? My form. Who got shot, Sarah? Soldier squat walked over the dead. Don't know. Squat and joined walk. Charlie near the front. Nearest work and medical facility is back at the base. He reached for the chest of his fallen comrades and yanked the dog tags from their necks and then reached over Charlie, then snagged another. These are mine now. <laughs> shoved them into his pocket. More souls. She won't make it that far. 
Charlie said. My neighbor is a vet, retired, but he'd be able to help. More gunfire and Charlie ducked. Where is she? He gestured toward the woods behind the old gas station. <laughs> so the power's been out for, what, like 16 hours now? <laughs> Four hours. <laughs> this is a real whirlwind of a day after the power went out. The soldier nodded. All right, go go grab her. He reached around to his pack and removed a red stick with a clear plastic cap at the end. Just pop this when you're ready to for pickup. He pointed to the left side of the gas station. Extraction point is over there. It's Got a, it. It's a party popper. <laughs> What's that? You pull a little confetti pops out. It's fun. Never had a party before? Sorry, Ganesh. Charlie gripped the flare in one hand and nodded. Then the gunfire ended and a foreign voice emerged from the dark forest on the either side of the road. Ooh, a foreign voice. The soldier smacked Charlie's shoulder. <laughs> Go! Charlie sprinted towards the gas station, sliding his arm through the rifle strap and kept low, attempting to dodge the bullets. He didn't look back on his run, and he made sure to keep the gas station between him and the gunfire. On hands and knees, he climbed his way back up the mountainside. The night made it difficult to see, and a moment of panic gripped him when he couldn't find them again, but luckily, Adeline was still crying. Oh, good. We found that, kid. Little girl. Little girl. Little girl, you okay? Charlie followed the child's voice and dropped to his knees at Liz's side. Adeline quickly crawled into Charlie's lap, burying her face into his chest. It's all right, sweetheart. He gave Liz a gentle shake. Her eyes were shut. Liz, are you with me? Liz? She opened her eyelids only a sliver. Is Adeline? She's fine, Charlie said, then placed his hand over Liz's wound. I just need you to hang strong for a four, few more minutes, all right? This feels wet. What is this? Is this apple juice? <laughs> no, I just learned his blood. Mm. That's our body's juice. <laughs> I didn't know that. Found that out this morning. <laughs> I thought humans were just full of juice. Uh-oh. Look at this pain line I got on my side. <laughs> it's all juicing. <laughs> Charlie moved as quickly down the mountain as he could, but, but chose his footing carefully because he knew a tumble down the mountainside this time could be deadly for all of them. <laughs> yeah. Gunfire, then a heavy percussive blast stole Charlie's attention from his path down the side of the mountain, and he saw a plume of smoke rise off somewhere in the trees. With his arms burning and struggling to balance Liz and Adeline, Charlie veered toward the extraction point. He waited until he reached, he reached the bottom of the hillside before he set Liz and Adeline down, then popped the flare. Pop! Dirty pop! <laughs> Red smoke plumed into the air, then the gunfire was silenced by the roar of the Humvee engine. Charlie craned his head around the corner and saw the Humvee reverse. He scooped Adeline back up in his arms again and waited until the Humvee was past the back of the building. He opened the back door and set Adeline inside first as gunfire peppered the Humvee front. Come on, man, hurry it up! The lieutenant was frantic behind the wheel, keeping low behind the dash. The windshield was nearly shattered, making it almost impossible to see anything out of it. Charlie scooped Liz off the ground and laid her down. A lot of scooping. I worked at Baskin Robbins or something. He scoops the apples. He's a pro at this. Oh. In the back and jumped in. Go. He slammed the back door shut as they sped forward and kept both himself and Adeline duck low, keeping one hand on Liz to keep her stable. I was kind of expecting more scenes at the orchard. Me too. I guess the orchard is just the destination. I wanted to see him fighting. I wanted to see some gunplay in the orchard. Don't need guns when you can just start chucking those apples at <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, you're on my home turf now. Chucking apples. Well, okay. That uh, scene was fine. I'm really just curious how this ends. In the immortal words of Ganesh Sarma, let's wrap this puppy up. Last page uh, of this book. What's it? I don't even care what it's called. It's the best book we ever read. An Orchard's Tale. Ah, yes. It hurts to breathe, Liz said. Well, that's what happens when you get yourself shot. Damn.
Liz formed a thin-lipped smile and gave the lightest squeeze of his hand, he said as he shot her. <laughs> the doc said, you got me here just in time. Her grip tightened. Hell yeah, they made it back to the base. I guess I owe you again. I'll put it on your tab. Charlie smiled, but was unable to hold her gaze. Some sense of humor. It was something about her eyes that twisted him up inside, staring at them for too long, stoked a fire that he wasn't sure he could control. He looked so glassy and dead. A part of him was afraid to let it burn, because he knew once it started... It might not stop. Yeah. Is that it? No. Oh, okay. He just wanted us to react. Yes, oh. very good. Very oh, good. Oh, yeah, there's romance forming. I love romance. Yada, yada, yada. Roll in the apples. Roll in the apples. I talked to Lieutenant. Charlie lifted his eyes and met hers once more. You and Adeline are going to be with the doc. To, to You and Adeline are going with the doc to their military base. Liz retracted her hand. You sure about that, Charlie? <laughs> Charlie, what was that? I'm a little confused. Charlie fumbled his fingers for a moment. I think it's for the best. Liz nodded. You're probably right. He lingered for a moment and then stood. He walked toward the door, then turned back and found Liz already asleep. You go with the doctor. I've got a taste for blood. (laughs) I'm going back to the wasteland. He watched the slight rise and fall of her chest, and that fire in his stomach grew angry. This guy's always angry. He was angry with himself for letting her get shot. And he was... Time to kill himself. There's only one thing left to do. You're angry with yourself. The ultimate enemy, Charlie. Do, do apples make people angry? Yeah. If you eat an apple a day, keeps the anger at bay. At bay. And he hasn't been at his orchard. That's right. We need a couple of his apples to soothe the soul. And well, he was <laughs> angry about the masked evil that put the bullet in her stomach in the first place. Charlie returned to the living room where Doc and Ellen were sitting on the couch playing with a still sleepy Adeline. Degenerous? You two going to be able to handle her? I think so. Ellen answered. Bouncing Adeline on her knee. We're going to pack some things up and leave in the next hour. Charlie shook Doc's hand. Good luck. You too. You and your parents should come, Charlie. Ellen said. It's not safe here. Well, Charlie knew that Ellen had a valid point. He also knew his family and himself. He had spent so much effort getting home. He wasn't about to leave it now. Hell, he had spent all day yesterday getting turned down by every bank in Seattle. Just a shot of trying to turn things around. Banks are still operating, or is this still that was all, yesterday? We're all within one day. This is all one day. One day. <laughs> if the power went out for like the power has gone out for that long before, and things are fine, the world has devolved into hell here after like eighteen hours of no power. I'm telling you, it's the root of this power outage is going to be found to be from the orchard. The apples did it. Is this? Oh, this is part of a series, right? This is book zero. Oh, yeah. damn! Where does this go from here? We got to read a sequel. The Humvee could drive. Why didn't that? Get messed up. Could it? It was parked. They loaded it up. Oh, shit. Yeah, wait. They drove it away, right? Maybe it was only in that local area. Power came back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. They said bank in Seattle. So maybe just Seattle was hit. Yeah. Oh, this takes place in Seattle? Everybody has a southern accent. Can you just color this whole book for me in a weird way? People in Washington State have southern accents. They're everywhere. I don't believe that. They're everywhere. Uh, Every state... Southern accent. A plague upon this country. New York State. What do people accent? from Seattle sound like? Not Southern. I don't know. Eddie Vedder? No, there were Southern people. Yeah, they all were like, hey, Jeremy's, bro, yeah. <laughs> Can't find a better man. Or Kurt Cobain. They all sound like Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Dead. His father and mother had put in 100-fold. His soul was in that land. I can't, Charlie said. I told you he wouldn't go for it. The doc tickled Adeline's stomach. I can't leave this land, my grandfather. Toiled on in Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) But she only yawned at the motion. Take care of yourself, Charlie, Ellen said. I will. 
Charlie walked outside, knowing that if he lingered in that house any longer, he might change his mind about going. Because while he'd only met her yesterday, he'd already grown used to having Liz around. That's a weird <laughs> fucking story. <laughs> the timeline is so ridiculous. Hey, I grabbed your arm rudely yesterday. Yeah. Now I saved on your life. And now I love you. I'll try to bring some help. And the power's back on. Dixon said, <laughs> dropping the rag he'd used to clean off the Humvee. I'd appreciate it, Charlie said. Keep them safe. I will. Ooh, God. Charlie glanced back at the house one last time, then headed for the road. But he didn't even make it past the driveway before he stopped. The bright sunlight made it hard to see, but the shapes were unmistakable. Masked men armed with rifles emerged from, from between the trees. Oh, Lord. Charlie counted two, four, then ten, then lost count after a dozen. He turned around and found Dixon already by the house's door, waving for him to follow and trying to remain silent. But the silence broke with the sound of gunfire. That's the end. Fuck. Damn. Yeah, we got to read that next book. This is a good one. In fact, that should be our next episode. You <laughs> should read the next book. Book one? Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's some good Let's shit. do our first sequential episodes. All right. Yeah. I'm down. I I like this uh, beginning of the end yeah. of the world. Yeah, I do think it was strange that that all happened in the span of a day. It's truly absurd that that's how society reacted to power. Something right must now. have happened. Maybe something else that yeah was there like a yeah, bomb. We, we didn't off? jump like, around. True, but still, like there was no mention of anything other than just like, oh, the cars don't work anymore. People, man, maybe people just freak the fuck out. Would you do that if the power went out? Would you just start killing people? I might. No. no. How many days in a row with no power would you have to start killing people? I've been without power uh, for infinite. four days once. Here's the thing: there is a limit. There is a number of days in a row without power where you start to think like I might have to kill somebody. What is it? Well, if there's no food, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it becomes like I'm like, yeah, a couple days now. So but no, if it was like six months, so nobody has power. Nobody it, has power. There's nothing. There's like no way to. So that means you there's mean no kind of like Puerto Rico. Yeah, and guess what? People are dying there, man. How? But like, all right, that's. But seriously, like, there is this point where society falls apart without power. So what is it? Not like uh, not a couple hours. It would definitely be a couple <laughs> weeks. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I'll be killed. I I'm got big kid. road vibes from this, and I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty good. Who are we casting we, in this movie? We got to cast someone good because we're going to use them again, right? Viggo Mortensen. I was going to say Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> I went a little bit younger. Yeah. I'm. For some reason, it's that accent, even though this guy doesn't have a southern accent. Mm -hmm. It's a. This is weird. Josh Hartnett. That is weird, but I could see no, that. I like that. I yeah. Josh Hartnett from like the faculty. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that young, huh? Yeah. I weirdly saw him as John Denver. Huh. Don't know why. Not okay. a good pick, but that's what I saw in my head. And I will continue to see that in the next book. Uh, yeah. Who plays... I think all the baddies are, in my mind, just like biker or like what like those... General biker. Right-wing neo-Nazi dudes look like. Oh, yeah. The like fa the fascist yeah. uh, weirdo. Yeah. Alt-right people. Yeah. That's what I'm picturing. And for, I guess, Liz is the only other person yeah and but they said she had curly hair andy mcdowell andy mcdowell oh my god an old classic an old favorite of the podcast a friend of the pod andy mcdowell andy mcdowell get in there yeah and then the little girl would be dakota fanning dakota fanning now she's like 19 or 20 little little girl yeah now that's rage right there dakota fanning from um that movie with Brittany. uh Brittany Murphy? Yeah. What was that movie they were in? What? Uptown Girl. Whoa, I've never seen that. Uptown Girls? I was thinking her, I was thinking Dakota Fanning from uh, War of the Worlds. Oh. 
That was her? Just screaming. I didn't like that one. I don't think I paid attention. Well, you should rewatch it. It's pretty bad. (laughs) Man, okay. That was a great book. I love that book. It was fun. Rated R, too. Rated R for ridiculously friggin' good. (laughs) Okay, that's it. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. You can find us at bookclubpodcast.com. AMZN Book Club on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to Morris Reese for the music and to Chris Linquist for the art. And thank you, the listener. And thanks to the guy that wrote this book. It's pretty cool. Yeah, thank you. What's it, James Hunt? James Hunt. Yeah. 100 pages, some action. I mean, that was only a 100-page book. Man, Wonderful. this guy's in and out quick. One day, 100 pages. Bam. Boom. Done. All right. Thanks. Bye. Have a great night or day. Bye.